Our summaries this week contain two criminal law cases, one from the Arkansas Supreme Court and one from the Court of Appeals. In Deerhoff v. State, 2023, Arc 149, the Arkansas Supreme Court affirmed a conviction of first-degree murder and upheld the trial court's presentment of a modified non-AMI criminal instruction, which included statutory language to justification. Justice Baker explained, quote, At trial, two jury instructions related to Deerhoff's defense of justification were in controversy. It was undisputed that Deerhoff was entitled to a justification instruction and that the model jury instruction, AMI Criminal Second 705, did not accurately state the law because it had not been modified to account for the changes set forth in the Stand Your Ground Law that became effective in July 2021. See Act 250 of 2021. However, Deerhoff first argued that the modified version of the model jury instruction proffered by the state improperly imposed an affirmative duty to retreat when that duty had been eliminated by Act 250. Specifically, Deerhoff asserted that the language in the state's proffered instruction stating that he was not required to retreat if certain conditions were met, as set forth in Act 250, would imply to the jury that there was a statutory duty to retreat even though the legislature intentionally struck the previous language that imposed that duty. See Art Code and Section 52607B. Deerhoff argued that this was an inconsistency in the amended statute that rendered it ambiguous, and the language should therefore be construed in his favor pursuant to the rule of lenity. The circuit court declined to submit Deerhoff's proffered instruction, removing all references regarding a duty to retreat, and instead submitted to the jury a modified version of the model jury instruction that incorporated the entirety of the amended language contained in Section 52607B and the statutes that are referenced therein. The circuit court reasoned that it is the law that the legislature created and it is the law that we're all having to live by. End of quote. In examining the statutory language, the opinion reasoned there was no error in using the modified justification defense instruction and the trial court was not required to engage in any statutory interpretation because its language was clear. The opinion rejected defendant's argument that using the modified instruction misled the jury. Quote, Specifically, Deerhoff asserts that the instruction submitted to the jury, a modified version of the model instruction incorporating the amended language in Arkansas Code Annotated Section 52607B, did not correctly state the law because it implied that he had a duty to retreat even though Act 250 deleted the language that directly imposed that duty. Deerhoff contends that, for this reason, Section 52607B, as amended, is ambiguously worded in a way that could confuse the jury. Therefore, Deerhoff asserts that we should give effect to the legislature's intent in striking the previous statutory language imposing an affirmative duty to retreat, apply the rule of lenity to resolve the alleged ambiguity in his favor, and reverse the circuit court. The state responds that the circuit court did not abuse its discretion by modifying the jury instruction to reflect the language contained in Section 5.2.607b 
because the model instruction did not accurately state the law in effect at the time of the offense. Here, it is undisputed that the model jury instruction, AMI Criminal 2nd 705, did not accurately state the law. Prior to 2021, Section 52607 stated that a person may not use deadly physical force in self-defense if the person knows that he or she can avoid the necessity of using deadly physical force by retreating. Art Code and Section 52607B1A, Supplement 2019. At the time of the offense, Act 250 had amended Section 52607. End of quote. Defendant's second unsuccessful appellate argument was the jury should have been instructed on excessive force by using defendant's proffered non-model instruction. The trial court gave the following, AMI Criminal 2nd 705. If you find that Michael Joe Deerhoff recklessly or negligently formed the belief that he was justified in acting in self-defense or recklessly or negligently employed an excessive degree of physical force, justification is not a defense to capital murder, or murder in the first degree, or murder in the second degree, or manslaughter. Defendant's non-model proffered instruction, which was rejected, would have stated, The state may allege or argue that the defendant used an excessive amount of force against Tommy Wade Bird. You are instructed that the state must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that any alleged excessive portion of the force used was the cause of the decedent's death. If the evidence leaves you with a reasonable doubt that the alleged excessive portion of the force used was the cause of the decedent's death, then you must find Michael Joe Deerhoff not guilty. The applicable statute, Art Code and Section 52607B, states, a person is not required to retreat before using deadly physical force if the person, one, is lawfully present at the location where deadly physical force is used, two, has a reasonable belief that the person against whom the deadly physical force is used is imminently threatening to cause death or serious physical injury to the person or another person, three, except as provided under Section 52606B2B, is not the initial aggressor and has not provoked the person against whom the deadly physical force is used, 4. is not committing a felony offense of possession of a firearm by certain persons, Section 573.103, with the firearm used to employ the deadly physical force, unless the person is in or at the person's dwelling or in the curtilage surrounding the person's dwelling. 5. Is not engaged in criminal activity that gives rise to the need for the use of deadly physical force at the time the deadly physical force is used. And 6. Is not engaged in any activity in furtherance of a criminal gang, organization, or enterprise as defined in Section 574.103. End of decision. Kimry v. State, 2023, ARC App 473. The Arkansas Court of Appeals, affirming defendant's rape conviction of his wife, excluded specifics of previous sexual encounters with her under the Rape Shield Law. There was no error. Judge Barrett explained, quote, 
Matthew David Kimmery was convicted by a Faulkner County Circuit Court jury of the offenses of rape and domestic battery in the third degree. He was sentenced to 35 years imprisonment for rape and one year for third-degree domestic battery, with the sentences to run concurrently. On appeal, Kimmery argues that the circuit court erred in denying his directed verdict motions for rape, asserting there was insufficient evidence to support the verdict. Specifically, he contends there was insufficient evidence to prove the forcible compulsion element of the crime of rape. He further argues that the circuit court erred by improperly excluding evidence of prior sexual conduct under the Rape Shield Statute. We affirm the convictions. End of quote. Sufficiency of the Evidence The Court of Appeals upheld the trial court's denial of the defendant's motions for directed verdict and concluded it is settled that a victim's uncorroborated testimony is sufficient to support the rape conviction. The jury was entitled to decide who it believed. On cross-examination, Kimry admitted that he placed A.K. in handcuffs on June 9, and while she was handcuffed, he penetrated her vagina. Although he admitted that it was clear on the video that she is saying, No, stop, and you are hurting me, he claimed that there had been other times that she had said this, and it was a very feigned, passive resistance. He admitted that the handcuffs were not A.K.'s idea, and she never told him that she wanted to have sex, but when she got into the bed, he took that as consent. Kimry testified that A.K. never objected to the sex. He asserted there was no force involved in the sexual encounter, and he stated that even though she was saying no, he did not believe she was really saying no. In his sufficiency argument, Kimry concedes that he penetrated A.K.'s vagina with his fingers while she was handcuffed. However, he argues on appeal, as he did in his motions for directed verdict, that no forcible compulsion was involved. He said that he believed that A.K.'s telling him no and to stop was just feigned resistance as part of their sexual preferences, and he did not believe she sincerely meant no until she told him that he was hurting her, at which point he stopped immediately. Kimry asserts that because he and A.K. continued to communicate after the June 9 sexual encounter, she sent him nude pictures of herself, and they continued to have sexual relations, that proved the June 9 sexual interaction was consensual and without the use of forcible compulsion. We disagree. A.K. clearly testified that the June 9 sexual encounter was against her will, and it is clear that the jury credited A.K.'s version of events over Kimry's version, which it is entitled to do as the finder of fact. A.K.'s testimony, if believed, proved that Kimry penetrated her vagina with his fingers against her will, thus establishing the element of forcible compulsion. There is sufficient evidence to support Kimry's rape conviction, and we affirm on this point. End of quote. Rape Shield Exclusion of Details of Previous Events It was proper to allow the jury to hear that defendant had previous sexual encounters with his wife, but, contrary to the defendant's argument, exclusion of the details was no abuse of discretion under the Rape Shield Statute. Quote, A.K. testified at the January 12, 2021 hearing on that motion that bondage was not the normal sexual relations she and Kimry had. She identified three occasions of that type of sexual relations in their marriage. 
one in which Kimry forced her to wear an orange prisoner's shirt, and she was shackled and handcuffed while they had sex, another occasion in which he penetrated her with a dildo, and the occasion that was the subject of the rape con- prosecution. The circuit court entered an order on January 21, affirming its earlier ruling that Kimry would be allowed to introduce evidence that he and A.K. had a prior sexual relationship, but any specifics about bondage, handcuffing, or other specific forms of sexual interaction would be prohibited as highly prejudicial and not probative of any legitimate aspect of Kimry's defense. The circuit court determined that the evidence Kimry sought to have introduced did not make it more or less likely that on June 9, 2018, he engaged in intercourse or deviant sexual activity against the wishes and over the objections and resistance of A.K. End of quote. The Court of Appeals looked to the time between the alleged events and the present charge and wrote, quote, Although in the present case, the sexual conduct was between the same parties, the prior sexual conduct Kimry sought to have introduced into evidence was even more remote in time than one day from the June 9 allegation of rape. Under the State v. Casio 2017 Art 297 holding, the previous sexual conduct cannot constitute the res gesta of the rape offense. Unlike the conduct in Heron v. State, 2018 ARC at 528, the conduct here did not occur minutes before the rape. Kimry wants to point to prior sexual conduct in the marriage to argue that he acted in conformity on the night of the rape, believing that he had consent to handcuff and digitally penetrate AK. The circuit court did not abuse its discretion in refusing to allow Kimry to ask about specific prior instances of sexual conduct between him and AK because it was not relevant to the question of whether there was forcible compulsion in the June 9 sexual encounter, and it was highly prejudicial and not probative. The Rape Shield Statute, Art Code and Section 1642-101, provides B. In a criminal prosecution under 514-101 et sec, except for a misdemeanor violation of sexual indecency with a child, Section 514.110, the Human Trafficking Act of 2013, Section 518.101 et sec, or Section 526.202, or for criminal attempt to commit, criminal solicitation to commit, or criminal conspiracy to commit an offense defined in any of those sections, opinion evidence, reputation evidence, or evidence of specific instances of the victim's prior sexual conduct with the defendant or any other person, evidence of a victim's prior allegations of sexual conduct with the defendant or any other person, evidence of a person's prior sexual conduct when the person was a victim of human trafficking, which allegations the victim asserts to be true, or evidence offered by the defendant concerning prior allegations of sexual conduct by the victim with the defendant or any other person, if the victim denies making the allegations, is not admissible by the defendant, either through direct examination of any defense witness or through cross-examination of the victim or other prosecution witness, to attack the credibility of the victim, to prove consent or any other defense, or for any other purpose. C. Notwithstanding the prohibition contained in subsection B of this section, 
evidence directly pertaining to the act upon which the prosecution is based, or evidence of the victim's prior sexual conduct with the defendant or any other person, may be admitted at the trial if the relevancy of the evidence is determined in the following manner. End of quote. End of decision.